I came live early yesterday. I came live earlier yesterday because obviously there was a breaking news situation the night before. Uh, Bernie Sanders was at an event in Nevada, had some chest issues, uh, and ended up going to the hospital and having two stents uh, put in his heart. Uh, an artery was blocked. Uh, obviously, you know, anytime you're talking about the heart, it's not a minor thing. However, stents, like I talked about yesterday, it's pretty pretty normal procedure. Uh, and it's not age related. People, I, you know, men in their 20s, 30s, 40s, doesn't matter. It's not because he's 78. Um, but anytime a 78 year old is having anything done with the heart, obviously we can't say it's minor. Uh, it has to be watched, this and that. But I told you, I told you yesterday when I went live, all right, at the moment, at the moment, the media outlets are being fairly diplomatic. I don't think that's going to last 24 hours. I think Cable news in particular, but other outlets are going to try to use this for the inevitable dropout Bernie campaign. They've already been saying, you know, they've already been propping up Elizabeth Warren like nobody's business. I mean, all these outlets, they love, 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 love Elizabeth Warren to no end. Uh, and frankly, while propping up Warren nonstop, uh, they've basically been trying to push a narrative that Bernie so 2016 Bernie doesn't have the movement anymore. Bernie's, Bernie's flock is fleeing to Warren and all that. You know, you know what's been going on. I told you, I mean, listen, this, this media, you know, oh, we wish Bernie well and blah, blah, blah. It ain't going to last. And shockingly, shockingly, I was right. Shockingly, I was right. So let's start with our friends at MSNBC. And uh, we'll see what they had to say. This was this morning uh, on MSNBC, uh, their take on Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, hospitalized. Oh, you know what? Before I say that, I should give you the update, of course, if you haven't seen. Uh, Jane Sanders issued this statement. Uh, Thank you to everyone who reached out yesterday with so many touching and kind messages, wishing Bernie well. We are so moved by your support. Bernie is up and about. Yesterday, he spent much of the day talking with staff about policies, cracking jokes with the nurses and doctors, and speaking with his family on the phone. His doctors are pleased with his progress, and there has been no need for any additional procedures. We expect Bernie will be discharged and on a plane back to Burlington before the end of the weekend. He'll take a few days to rest, but he's ready to get back out there and is looking forward to the October debate. That's Jane Sanders, and I'm telling you right now, I don't know if you're going to convince Bernie Sanders to take a few more days to rest. I don't think this guy is hearing it. I think he's going to stay in the hospital. That's good. Go back to Burlington. Maybe take a minute or two to rest. But I don't know if he's going to stay off the field, stay off the campaign trail for that long. Uh, Right now, they could hold him down and, you know, not let him leave the hospital. But once he's back in Vermont, I'm not, you know, we know who Bernie Sanders is. I would expect him uh, to be back out there sooner than later. Obviously, forget the campaign. Like, don't push yourself yourself. if you're not feeling well enough, but we'll see what happens. So that statement was released this afternoon, but this morning, oh, MSNBC, not so subtle. Mm, Time to go, Bernie. Time to drop out. Let's take a look. Uh, as people probably know by now, he had some stents inserted um, uh, yesterday, or the, uh, wait, I think it was yesterday. It's so hard to keep track. <laughs> yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to keep track of the days with everything that's going on. Uh, a blockage was found in one of his arteries. But we've got some new reporting. This just came in from our team that covers Bernie Sanders. Quote, we do not know where Senator Bernie Sanders is. 
We do not know what state he is in. We do not know if he is in a hospital or not or what his condition is. The campaign says no comment if he is still in the hospital and no comment on whether there would even be an update today. From a communications perspective, what do you make of that, Elise? From a communications perspective, it's doing Bernie Sanders no favor for his campaign staff to look like they are covering up his whereabouts and that they have something to hide. They just need to be forthright and honest. Plenty of people undergo heart procedures, have stents. He could be out on the campaign trail again in a couple of weeks. Honesty would really be the best policy so that it doesn't get deflected and turn into a bigger concern conspiracy than what the truth could actually probably dispel. MSNBC, hours before Bernie Sanders' campaign gave an update, you hear the word conspiracy? Bigger conspiracy than it ought to be? You hear almost like, what is he hiding? You know? It's almost like, is he really in a CIA bunker? We don't know. Where is he? What is he doing? What hospital is he in? Has he been airlifted to Cuba or, or Venezuela or one of his socialist brethren? We don't know. Where is he? I don't know if any of you have ever been to the hospital. Uh, I was in the hospital uh, for back surgery in May. And I don't know if this is what you experienced, but sometimes you don't have an update right away. Sometimes you don't know if you're going to be staying another day, another three days, or getting dis dismissed that afternoon, right? So when I had back surgery in May, uh, I expected to be released that day. But after surgery, they made me stay over overnight, which I did not have to stay overnight a year before because I've had two back surgeries in two years. So if I was a politician... I might have not given an update on my status, where I am, which I don't, I don't understand why it matters, what hospital he's at, or, or, or any of that. But maybe they didn't say that he's at the hospital because maybe they were waiting to, hear, waiting to speak with the doctor to see, can he be discharged today? Does he need to stay several days? I'm not trying to be a Bernie bro here. I'm just talking common sense. Why would a campaign be telling you, yes, he's still in the hospital, where is it, this and that, if it's possible the family was waiting to speak with the doctor? You know, the nurses have to make the rounds. They got to check your blood pressure, check how you're feeling, this kind of thing. But that segment, and, and unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not done playing it. There's more. That segment was... Again, it's all about the narrative in the corporate media. That segment was a subtle, not so subtle way of framing a narrative that there's something more going on here, that they're, they're hiding. What do you want them to tell you? Is he still in the hospital? Do you think a 78-year-old man has been dis dismissed from the hospital less than 24 hours after this procedure? No. And by the way, do you think Joe Biden, if he was hospitalized, would be just giving endless information? I think Bernie Sanders is probably one of the more transparent politicians. But why would the Bernie Sanders campaign give MSNBC, which has been on a political jihad against him for basically three, four years now? Why would you give MSNBC any more information than is needed when probably at that time, because that was at 11 a.m. Eastern, that segment 
you don't you don't maybe they didn't know what was happening why would why would you want to tell them yes i'm still in the hospital if you might be released from the hospital so they tried to push a frame job that bernie sanders is hiding something and you drop in the word conspiracy to make your generally older white affluent viewers because that's the msnbc viewer frankly be even more against Bernie Sanders. Not only is he a communist, but he's hiding his he's hiding that this is a lot worse than just a stent. Why would they do it even? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Why not just come out and say, right, here's well, the deal. We know we, we told you what happened yesterday. Now let's right. here's where we are today. Well I think they know that their democratic competitors are respectful enough not to exploit the situation, but this is clearly something that the president would exploit. I do think that hopefully Bernie Sanders is healthy enough and he'll be on the debate stage in on the 15th. And I think that he'll try and pivot. And essentially, we've already seen him tweet, essentially, I'm fine, Medicare for all, exclamation point. Are, are so they if looking at there, what happened to Hillary Clinton, remember, when yes. she was at the 9-11 and she was starting to feel faint? She had a little bit of pneumonia, I think it was at the time, and then it became this big thing, at least on the Republicans. But how much better would it have been for Hillary Clinton if she had just said, oh, I have pneumonia? It's not good, but she would have taken the initial hit instead of having it balloon into this story about right. how she did not have the stamina for office, which to see her out this week doing interviews, she certainly seems to be in great right. health. You know, when I, you're honest about these situations, you leave less of a chance for people to speculate whatever the worst situation is. So if he comes out and says where he is and what's going on, if it's fine, then I think that you know the story goes away and we can focus on his policy as far as paying for medical care and, and sort of something that so many families are dealing with today. Yeah, I think one of the surprises of this campaign for a lot of people have been that the three front runners that we have always talked about, obviously, uh, Biden, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and, and, and Bernie Sanders are all, all at least 70, right? And there hasn't been like a whole lot of concern about that. As, as a matter of fact, Bernie Sanders continues to have a huge amount of support uh, among 20-somethings, 30-somethings. But does this raise age questions? Will people maybe, whether explicitly or implicitly, start to think differently about someone who would be the oldest president ever elected? It's a completely legitimate question to ask, just as you would ask if someone is too young for the job of president. I think all factors have to be assessed when it comes to the most challenging job in the world that requires a ton of mental and physical stamina. So I don't think it's unfair at all to assess the world as we have to assess it. <laughs> Hope I didn't make you mad there. We haven't even gotten to CNN yet. So a few things. It is a fair question to ask an older candidate about their age. I think so. In general, I think it's fair. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, people live longer and longer. Bernie Sanders, up until now, has showed no reason to doubt his medical stamina or whatever. But I don't think it's an unfair question. However, there have been doctors of, in the last 24 hours that have gone on CNN, uh, The Hill, I saw one saying, this has nothing to do with Bernie Sanders' age. This is not, um, this is not age-related. This could happen to anyone at any age. It has to do with stress your diet, and many other factors. So you try, they're trying to frame it that this is, a, this is because he's 78, when many, many people, young and older, get stents to open up an artery and feel more energetic after the fact. 
Bernie Sanders was barnstorming the country with one of his main arteries blocked. And look at the energy he's had. Imagine what he could be after the fact. But MSNBC didn't have that discussion with, a, say, cardiologist or a doctor to non-expert pundits who threw out the word conspiracy. What are they hiding? Those kinds of things. Again, a frame job. And, you know, I know that we live in a 24-7, like, I need to know right now, short attention span. But at 11 a.m. in the morning, when they're saying uh, hiding this is bad form, maybe they weren't hiding it. Maybe they didn't know what the plan was. And then after speaking with the doctors and consulting as a family, they decided to stay in the hospital longer. Maybe the campaign is smart and doesn't want to disclose where he is because he knows that the, me- the, the one time, the one time that the media will cover it is when Bernie, that the media will cover Bernie Sanders is to put cameras outside that hospital to keep putting it in the minds of their viewers, Bernie Sanders in the hospital, and to blow it up as a bigger thing. In that regard, I don't think it's bad strategy at all for Bernie Sanders' campaign to not tell him what hospital he is. I'm sure they'll find out. Because you know that they're going to use it against you. This is not me saying it as a Bernie bro. This is me saying it as straight political strategy. If, you, if they know where, where Bernie Sanders is, you are going to have cameras, producers, and possibly anchors outside because they want to make it very abundantly clear and remind their audience every hour on the hour, Bernie Sanders is hospitalized. Bernie Sanders is hospitalized. It's so transparently obvious what they're doing. So transparently obvious. Erin Burnett, who does not like Bernie Sanders, who does not like Medicare for All, who is super capitalist, her husband's an investment banker at Citibank, all that. Erin um, Burnett yesterday at CNN felt it was very, very important to get the, get the actual video of the event that Bernie Sanders was not feeling well, where he felt his chest pressure. And to be consistent, let's say Bernie Sanders like collapsed on stage or something like that. I think it's arguable whether that has news value to show that if you have the video. I think that's arguable. I I know you guys wouldn't want to see it, but if Joe Biden collapsed on the stage, I wouldn't be like, no, no, for privacy reasons, we shouldn't see it. If a leading presidential candidate like passes out, I think we should see it. Uh, I think it's important for voters to see like something is wrong here. Uh, And then we might later find out like, you know, it's not anything dire. It's just they were dehydrated or whatever the case may be. In this case, Bernie Sanders didn't pass out. He wasn't feeling well, so he asked for a chair to give his speech sitting down, which is obviously rare for Bernie Sanders. I don't think I've ever seen him or covered him give a speech uh, stand, uh, not standing up. CNN, even though Bernie Sanders' campaign had taken down the video, which, again, I don't blame them. I, I, don't, think, I don't think they're hiding anything. Like, uh, you know, MSNBC, for example, said, like, you know, give us an update on what's going on. They told you what was going on the day before. He had, uh, he had two stents put in to unblock an artery, and he's resting up. Like, when you say, we need to know what's going on, the campaign told you very quickly after what happened. There was was no update. It's not like if he needed another procedure, they would have told you he, he just had a new procedure. So MSNBC was pretending that the campaign is hiding and not telling us what's going on when they just told you the day before what was going on. But CNN felt it was very important, news value wise, to show the moment that Bernie Sanders was not feeling well. Here we go. 
then um, we, we, we do have um, a video of him, uh, the, the, the event. You mentioned this. Yes. He held before he went to the hospital. Last night. He did, um, as you point out, ask for a chair to sit in, which, you know, never happens. Uh, you know, he clearly was feeling, uh, was not feeling well. Right. Um, you know, as you say, that is not yeah. that is not what you usually. That is see. not Bernie Sanders right there, and just sort of the flush look on his face. You can tell that he's not doing that well. And so I think the the question now is how fast can he get back on the campaign trail, and what does this do to not his hardcore support, Aaron? The hardcore Bernie folks are not going anywhere. Yes. Uh, they are loyal. They are in this for a cause. The question that I have is the the person in Iowa or New Hampshire who was kind of on the fence about Bernie. What does this do to them? So, again, I'm not saying this is a Bernie Sanders supporter. I don't really think it was so necessary to show a clip of Bernie Sanders asking for a chair to speak. The only reason they were doing it, the only reason they were doing it is obvious. They want to show Bernie Sanders in a weakened position. CNN, MSNBC, all they are is extended public relations for the establishment. In this case, they've been propping up Warren. They've been propping up Biden. Now Time Magazine is putting Kamala Harris on the cover to try. And, you know, it's like whatever that machine is to start somebody's heart that stopped. They're trying to resuscitate Kamala Harris's lifeless campaign, Time Magazine. Why should Kamala Harris get a Time Magazine cover? Bernie Sanders just raised more money than any other candidate this campaign. Kamala Harris polling at 5%. Let's give her the cover of Time Magazine. I digress. So I don't think that was necessary. And I think it was very obvious that CNN was trying to continue pushing the narrative. Bernie Sanders is a damaged duck. He's a damaged, damaged candidate. He's damaged goods. And he's going to continue fading without actually having to say that. That's why they pushed the video. So defibrillator. Thank you very much. So again, the MSNBC segment came before Bernie Sanders campaign gave an update and the update was he's talking to doctors he's resting up at the hospital he'll be discharged this weekend and then he'll go back to burlington vermont and they also said that he's going to be on the debate stage october 15th in ohio so that's good news too so what's going to happen now is the question in the in the days where he's not on the campaign trail where they know they got friday possibly saturday he's still in the hospital what are they going to do you're going to start, that was an appetizer. You're going to start seeing more panels on the future of Bernie, the future of Bernie Sanders campaign to remind people that he's still in the hospital, even though this is a common procedure, even though from the doctors I've seen in multiple interviews has nothing to do with his age and you could be just as energetic. This is going to be the beginning of the last stage of the corporate media psychop against Bernie Sanders to get him to drop out. So I promise you, and we will follow up and we will clip it and show you, you're going to see a lot more segments about Bernie Sanders in a weakened state, the future of his campaign. You know, is he being selfish? Should he, should he be more focused more on his health and his grandkids and this and that and let, you know, pass the torch, so to speak, to Elizabeth Warren, who's very similar to him? Because that's also been the media narrative, that Warren's very similar. They're, they're very similar to each other. So why do we need, you know, why do we need anything else? Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is not the same as Elizabeth Warren. He is way more progressive and frankly, way more consistent. So 
Why do you think Bernie Sanders is going to continue campaigning? Do you think maybe he thinks Elizabeth Warren is not the best candidate? You think maybe he thinks, eh, I don't like what I see with my friend Elizabeth Warren, her playing flitzy with the establishment, this and that. So I hope Bernie uses this time for rest to re-strategize his campaign a little bit. Because frankly, I'd like to see him take off the gloves and really punch Joe Biden in the face, figuratively. Uh, but I'd also like him to start seeing him go more, I don't want to say aggressively, because I think that could backfire, but more directly at Elizabeth Warren, pointing out the differences and also pointing out she hasn't been the best candidate money can't buy. She has taken money from big donors. She just did the creative counting that I've reported on and raised all that money in the Senate re-election campaign from big dollar donors and then transferred it to her presidential campaign. But we are going to see over the next few days more of this. Uh, what do you want to, whatever you want to call it, I would say um, subtle but not so subtle campaign to remind audiences Bernie Sanders is still hospitalized. Bernie Sanders is still in a weakened state. What is the future of his campaign? It's all a narrative to basically try their very best to convince people on the fence or currently with Bernie to flee. That's what they're trying to do. We will expose it every step of the way. Because as far as I know, this has nothing to do with his age. And he's already announced he's going to be on that debate stage for, as far as I'm concerned, onward. There was also uh, new polls out today. New polls out today. Uh, shockingly, I don't hear CNN talking to them. I don't hear MSNBC talking about them. I haven't read the New York Times story about them yet, but... Fairly good if you're the Bernie Sanders campaign. California, a new PPIC poll out, uh, taken from September 16th to September 25th, so recently. You got Warren at 23%, Biden at 22%, Bernie at 21%. Uh, I don't have in front of me what the margin of error was, but usually these polls have a margin of error, minimum 2%. Uh, all the way up to five, six percent. Uh, so the margin of error right now, if this was two percent, you got a three-way tie here in the most important state. Delegates-wise, California is the most important state. So you have a three-way tie. I would also argue, and sorry that uh, this only takes up some of the screen, but this study shows of the uh, 17,705 California residents they spoke with, 1,194 were interviewed on cell phones and 511 on landlines. Why is this important? When you see polls with more cell phones, Bernie Sanders tends to do a lot better in those polls because most, a lot of older people have landlines. Most people, frankly, under 40 do not. No offense to my older viewers who like Bernie, but by the numbers, a lot of older people have cell phones and landlines. Uh, most, young, most younger people do not. So this is very, very, very good. By the way, Kamala Harris, senator from California, was way the hell behind. Uh, I think she was in fifth place in her own state. So, you know, that's why Time Magazine is giving her a cover and the media is trying to resuscitate her. Not surprising. So that's very good news in California, which is, remember, is going to be, uh, I think it's beginning of March. So California used to be at the end of the process. California is now towards the beginning of the process. So Bernie Sanders is in there, and it's essentially a three-way tie in California. But California was not even the most significant one, if you ask me. Got a poll in Ohio, which Donald Trump, Donald Trump, if you remember, uh, he 
he trounced Hillary Clinton in Ohio by eight points. Ohio, which has always been like the the biggest swing state of all swing states. There's been jokes. It's really the, you know, uh, winning the presidency of Ohio because Ohio has swung many of many elections. Donald Trump took it by eight points over Hillary Clinton. So maybe the people of Ohio like, dare I say, a populist message. Maybe the people of Ohio are against candidates, are against candidates that pushed NAFTA, who supported the TPP. Maybe the people of Ohio who have had their jobs shipped to Mexico and China and other places aren't down with someone like Hillary Clinton or her brother, Joe Biden, her political brother, that is, who pushed these trade deals, were behind every bad trade deal, pushed the deregulation of Wall Street that has made a lot of those towns and cities in Ohio look like episodes of The Walking Dead. You want to know how I know? Because I've been there. I've done that. I've covered these cities in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan. Well, if the Democrats want to take Ohio back, looks like Bernie Sanders is in the game there, too. You got Biden at 29 percent, Bernie at 27 percent. And the I have a plan for everything from sliced bread to rolling out of bed without hurting your back. Elizabeth Warren at 21 percent. Nice color coded graphics by our new cameraman, uh, Joseph. So, again, that's basically a tie between Biden and Bernie at the top. Margin of error, typically two points. Tell you the truth, I did not have the time to look that in depth at this poll. So I don't know what the sample size was. I don't know. But this is one of the first polls I've seen in Ohio. And Bernie is doing well, just like he's doing well in polls out of um, Wisconsin and Michigan. So here in recent weeks, although the media does not report any of this, you had you have Bernie Sanders essentially tied in Nevada with Joe Biden in uh, two polls I saw. Bernie Sanders tied in Nevada, one of the first, what is the third state. You got Iowa, New Hampshire, then Nevada, then South Carolina. We've seen polls where Bernie Sanders is uh, doing fairly well in Iowa. We have seen polls that Bernie Sanders is doing well in California now. We are now seeing polls. We've seen polls where he's leading in Colorado. Now we're seeing polls out of Ohio where he's tied for first place, basically. But we are being told Bernie Sanders, I don't know. Elizabeth Warren has all the momentum. And I, want, I don't want to be dishonest and disingenuous. She is surging. There's no doubt about it. Yes, some of the polls are BS, but she's definitely, definitely surging. I'm not going to lie to you. She is. Uh, thank you, Larry. The truth. Five bucks in the super chat. Ohio needs to get rid of Tim crying who crapped on health care while people are dying from opiates in his state. Yeah, when is Tim, uh, Tim Ryan getting out? We don't, we don't care. We don't want to hear your message. No. So if you're not for Medicare for all, we're not for you. So they, although Warren is rising, and there's no denying that, they're trying to make it seem like Elizabeth Warren is rising at Bernie Sanders' expense. But none of these outlets have pointed out the inconvenient fact Elizabeth Warren's rise has come mostly, not at the expense of Bernie Sanders, at the expense of Kamala Harris. Where do you, Kamala Harris went at one point, she was polling around 13 to 15%. She was, well, do, she was surging after that first debate where she knocked the snot out of Joe Biden for being as pro-segregationist douchebag, excuse my French, um, when she started uh, uh, the tsunami in the polls because there's no there there and she started moonwalking away from Medicare for All and other progressives, 
all, when she shrunk, that coincides with the time that Warren shot up. Yes, there have been some of Bernie's base that has gone to Warren, which frankly, I'm not saying they're bad people or anything, but I think they're very naive. And I think they have a little bit of a you know, case of the Obamas from 2007, 2008, and they're being sold a bill of goods. So I don't think Bernie supporters who went to Warren are, are evil or, or, or you know, should be shamed. But I do think they need to reconsider because the things why they were attracted to Bernie Sanders, that, that authenticity, that integrity, that anti-corruption, anti-establishment, she is slippery on those things. She is playing footsie with Hillary Clinton behind the scenes. Not literally, but you know what I mean. She is having hot tea all over the country with the leaders of the Democratic Party establishment. As I reported yesterday, she did do massive fundraisers right before she announced her presidential run with big, big donors. So anyway, these polls are very promising. And that's why I think Bernie Sanders' campaign, in some ways, has been staying the course because the early states are not bad. He's not going to win South Carolina. That's just reality. There's too many older African-Americans there. And for whatever reason, they tend to vote establishment. I don't want to knock them. I'm not white-splaining. You know, uh, a lot of black voters I've, I interviewed in 2016, uh, you know, they're used to not getting much from the government. So they tend to be more pragmatic. They don't tend to not think big th- bigger things are possible, particularly older African-Americans. And I can't say I don't blame them based on their history. But he's not winning South Carolina. But I think Bernie Sanders is very much in the game in Iowa and New Hampshire. I also think there's a Bernie voter that is not showing up in these polls because Bernie Sanders' campaign is doing something very different from these other campaigns. Instead of asking the Democratic Party, the DNC, for their voter file, Bernie Sanders is trying to expand the electorate. His campaign is reaching out and organizing to try and get non-voters to register, people who have not voted in a long time. You mean, a.k.a., uh -uh, the majority of the country doesn't vote. That's who Bernie Sanders is trying to attract. As I've always reported, it is not only Flint. It is not only Flint with water issues. You have water problems in Detroit. You have water problems in Cleveland. You have water problems in, um, I was about to say Mexico, Milwaukee. You have water problems in East Chicago, Indiana. You have water problems in North Carolina. You have water problems in Florida, in Baltimore, in, and now in Newark, New Jersey. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to Newark, New Jersey, and I covered uh, the growing water crisis there. A poor, another poor black community. Uh, poverty rate is around 30%, I believe. Uh, majority African-American city. And in some parts of the city, the service lines that distribute the water are literally were built in the, not the 20th century, the 19th century, the 1800s is how old some of those pipes that deliver uh, citizens water. So while Cory Booker was mayor in 2010, they were finding high lead levels. They were finding high lead levels uh, in schools. And now fast forward uh, in 2017, they found high lead levels in, in homes, but they didn't do widespread testing in Newark. And now the chickens came home to roost when the city finally announced that there was a problem earlier this summer. A lot of similar things, the way it happened in Flint, happening in Newark. So last night, the mayor of Newark, uh, Ras Baraha, had a state of the water. He had a state of the water meeting uh, to continue uh, the, in my view, unprovable uh, selective science-based statements that everything's just dandy if people have a filter. If you're watching from Flint, 
you've you've watched this you've watched this movie before. It's fine. These these little Brita filters were hanging out. They stopped the lead. Just drink with the filter. So Baraka, at his State of the Water event, uh, Newark city officials held a State of Water event uh, Wednesday evening to update the public on the drinking water contamination issue. The panel discussion was held at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. Mayor Ross Baraka used the meeting as a forum to provide the public with facts and to debunk myths. He said that the water in Newark schools is safe. He also said that it was safe to bathe in. Baraka also used it to advocate for Newark and to lash out at those who said that he lied about the lead levels in the water. I'm reading the story rather than showing you the video because the video is from a local news outlet. And I am afraid if we play a video from a local news outlet, we will get a copyright strike. We don't want another copyright strike. So that's why I'm reading it rather than showing you the video because local news stations tend to be a little bit dickish and they file a lot of copyright strikes uh, on their videos. So the mayor said, quote, don't tell businesses to leave the city. Stop telling people our water is poisonous. Stop advocating for other cities to stop buying Newark's water. Stop creating panic in our town. Again, this is the current mayor, basically from how I'm reading it, saying everything's just dandy. If you have a filter installed, you're fine. Our tests that we've done show that not, I think they're saying 97% of homes with filters uh, it have no lead problem if using the filter. This is the same nonsense that they have been telling the people of Flint for five and a half years. But because I've been to Flint 14 times, I could tell you, I could tell you, the water is not fine and filters do not stop all lead. They go bad very quickly. They don't stop lead over 150 parts per billion. And they also, in, if they do stop lead, filters could breed bacteria, which the media never talks about. And most citizens don't get properly educated on how to even install the filter. So it is not a foolproof plan, but we have seen this in Flint, East Chicago, Indiana, which I covered at the Young Turks. They were throwing filters at the problem. Sure, in Newark, they have pledged a good amount of money to expedite and replace these lead service lines over the next three years, but how is that helping people now? And are you able to 100% tell the poor black people of Newark that their children could drink that water with the filter safely? Here is uh, Mayor Ras Baraka on Democracy Now! basically shaming activists who have been asking for more transparency. Where have you tested? What were the results? Did you run the water before testing? Let's take a look at what he said to Amy Goodman on Democracy Now! Uh, will you meet with New Caucus um, um, or the NRDC or activists with the Newark Water Coalition to talk about the crisis? I, I've never said I wouldn't meet with any of them. Never, none of them ever tried to meet with me. The NRDC is like this huge behemoth, very petty bourgeois liberal organization who's, who comes into our city and tells us that they want us to sign an MOU so they can oversee our water. Understand. Yeah, MOU. So we could, so they could oversee our water system. Andrea Adobawabli, uh, where she rest in peace, um, said no. Uh, we have our own oversight. 
um, uh, you know, basically, if they wanted to give us best practices, I don't think taking us to court and suing us would be the best way to do that. I mean, they could have knocked on the door and said, like any other constituent, and say, Mayor, we would like to meet and have a discussion about uh, the water issue and how it's being handled or what we think would be the best way to do it. So now they're saying we're in court, uh, which, which the first part of it. Uh, we actually won because they were trying to make us say that the entire water system was affected. And the mayor of New Jersey, uh, excuse me, of Newark, said uh, the NRDC is part of the bourgeoisie. Well, go ask, go ask the people of Flint if the NRDC, who, by suing the state of Michigan, by suing the federal government, got the people of Flint $97 million towards replacing those lead service lines in Flint that the state of Michigan, under that scoundrel governor, Rick Snyder, refused to pay up. Go ask the people of Flint if the NRDC is part of the bourgeoisie after they got you the money. They got those poor people in Flint, those poison people, the money to replace those lead service lines. So already this guy is full of nonsense. So I want to play you some of, I want to play you some of uh, the activists in Newark, who Joseph and I are going to go interview this weekend in Newark, uh, I want to play you some of their response. Uh, apologies. They, unfortunately, for the beginning part of the video, uh, were broadcasting sideways. So, you know, activists, what are you going to do? But you'll hear them. Uh, here is what they had to say, which really, really reminds me of what I saw in Flint as far as the government saying everything's fine and the activists saying, no, everything's not fine and you guys are really, really not being transparent when our lives are on the line, our health is on the line. Let's take a look. We just came from the state of the water, which we were hoping would be a venue for city officials and experts to kind of give us an idea of what's going on, maybe shoot out some numbers, give us some flyers, give us some pamphlets, like, hey, this is what we're doing, this is what we're treating with, here's the homes that we tested, here's the levels in those homes, just some evidence to support the claims that have been being made about how many people have been tested, how many people are affected, and what it is that's happening. Uh, it seemed kind of to be a venue where the mayor felt the need to clear the air, mostly about himself. Um, it seemed a lot like a defense campaign more than it seemed like an opportunity for residents to come and get more information, whether it be printed or from questions being answered. Um, it just doesn't seem like a space for people to come and get information. It was at the NJ Pack, and it seemed to really, really be a performance. Um, so I think some takeaways, I'm just going to go through some things that were said. Uh, Rod said that in 2017 that he said that there was a problem and that letters were sent out, different mailers and stuff like that. Uh, and that the plans now that we recognize that there is a problem is very confusing, by the way. Um, that now they're handing out filters, they're doing a corrosion control, they're replacing the lines, uh, things like that. He boasted that there was right now in this in New Jersey, we have just received the largest lead grants in the state of New Jersey. So he patted himself on the back for that. He had someone on the stage basically say that. Uh, water is not the biggest place to get lead, that it's really soil, paint, and dust from those things. Um, and then they said that, hey, you know that Newark isn't the only place that has lead problems. There's a lot of other places. I'm not certain what they were trying to get at with that one. Uh, they had a representative from New Jersey Future 
She said it's a Trenton nonprofit. So, of course, she got on the stage and plugged Trenton in, uh, plugged herself in and plugged Trenton in. Didn't really give us a lot of information about what she knows as far as her expertise from uh, about the water in New Jersey and Newark. Uh, and let's see. Oh, the commissioner of health was the, the president of UMDNJ, who was formerly the commissioner of health. He came in and he basically just did an introduction for himself. Uh, while we were there, he didn't really answer no questions. Um, but he did say that in 2017, uh, when Baraka figured out, or the administration figured out that there was lead in the water, that he was instructed as a commissioner of health to send a letter to every pediatrician and every exposed, exposed household immediately. Um, I don't really know how we prove that or what evidence they have to prove that because a lot of people, even today, still don't know. Um... And then the representative from New Jersey Future went on to say that some of the elevated lead levels that we're finding in Newark isn't specifically from the water, but instead from flooding and runoff water that may come in, cause a backup, cause seepage, and the, so basically she shit on the sewage system here. So she's like, well, it's not just your water, it's your sewage. But she said it in a way that it seemed like she was trying to be forward about Newark, but it didn't really um, get over too well. So that's all we really have. Um, I'm going to hand it over to Anthony to give a recap. Uh, so one of the interesting things is that 2017 information that he brings up, especially if he says, hey, we knew that this was a problem in 10 to 20 homes. So, okay, if you knew it was the lead service lines in 10 to 20 homes in 2017, why didn't you expand the testing? If you knew that was the, what you're saying now, then why didn't you do it two years ago when it was a problem? Mm -hmm. The other thing he said is that we didn't have this information until October of 2018. That's bullshit. In January, the CDM, the consulting firm that he hired, issued him a letter saying there was a problem with the control in, uh, the corrosion control inhibitor. But he waited until after the election to announce that there was a problem. If you're watching from Flint, if you're watching from any other area with water problems, ring a bell, deja vu, heard this record before. The, it is very similar. What we're seeing in Newark is very similar to what we saw in Flint. The government pretending everything's just dandy, pretending they put out the information as soon as they knew, pretending that everything's fine if you put a filter on, pretending that, oh no, it's only in this part of town. It's only in this part of town that there's a problem. Not there. Not over there. Not widespread. Well, I want to see the water testing. I want to know, did you flush people's lines before taking that test? Because not everybody will flush their line before drinking their water. Not everybody knows to do that. And not everybody has the time to do that. I want to see the water testing. I also want to know, why is it that I'm hearing from people in Newark that they're struggling to get bottled water? Why is it that I'm hearing from people in Newark that they're being turned away when they go to try to get bottled water or try to, try to get water testing? Why is it when this mayor says, yeah, anybody, anybody could come and talk to me? My door is open. Well, apparently his door is not open. This is from the same group, the Newark Water Coalition. The Newark Water Coalition reached out to the city of Newark, New Jersey, City Hall on September 9th.
As of October 2nd, the Newark Water Coalition has not received a response. The mayor went on to Democracy, Democracy Now! to say that he will meet with anyone. If that is the case, why are we still waiting almost one month later with no response? We also followed up last week with a call and still no response. Good afternoon. Your email has been received. Thank you. Listen, might, might the mayor be busy because there's a water crisis? Sure. But the way he spoke about the NRDC and activists, I don't think this is the mayor that's going to solve this problem. I think this is a mayor that wants to escape all culpability, does not want any of the responsibility put on him. It's not all his fault, but a lot of it is. And frankly, why, why under this mayor are people being turned away if they want free bottled water? They don't trust your filters. Why aren't there be people going in to test all of the homes in Newark, New Jersey? State of New Jersey charges a lot of money in taxes. So there's the money in the state of New Jersey to pay for water testing, to pay for bottled water until all of the service lines are replaced. So we're going to go to Newark this weekend. Uh, we're going to interview people, uh, pro hopefully some of those activists, and we're going to see what's really going on.